there, friend. Welcome to the Having a Mom Moment podcast. I am your host, Shannon Warner. This podcast is all about taking a few moments for yourself and reconnecting to the amazing woman behind the title of mom. You have so many plates spinning at any given time between your kids, your partner, your job, maintaining a household, etc., etc. But where does taking time just for you play into that? Let's spend some time together, you and me, right now. We're rebranding a mom moment to those sacred moments you take to fill your cup first. Let's connect, tune in, and tap into what makes us the incredible women that we are. We'll nurture ourselves first so we can be our best selves for those we pour into on a daily basis. We'll also bask in the beautiful wisdom of other moms to learn about the ways in which they've tapped into alignment in their own motherhood journeys. Come on, mama. It's your time. We're having a mom moment. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Having a Mom Moment podcast. I am your host, Shannon Warner, and I am so grateful that you have taken your precious time to join us here today. Yes, I know I said I was taking a break and I had full intentions of taking a multi-week break, but turns out I am obsessed with this podcast and I cannot quit. Never fear, I have taken time to rest and recharge, and I am excited and ready to jump back into things. First, I'm hosting the 2024 Tune Up and Tune In workshop. We're going to meet four times over four weeks for an hour each week. And we're just going to check in and assess where we're at and energetically re-grab the reins of our lives and start heading in the direction that we actually want to go and stop letting life happen to us and start making life happen for us. Yes exactly that. So those details are in the show notes. The investment is very small, but I want you to have some skin in the game. So you show up. All the details are in the show notes for you. Also, our guest today is Sadie Bonenkamp. Before we get into the episode, I want to make sure that you are aware of this retreat that she is hosting at the end of February. It is February 29th in beautiful Sedona, Arizona. It is a be better adventure all the decisions and plans are made for you. You just have to get yourself there and you show up and say, Ooh, yes, please. This sounds great. If this sounds up your alley. And if Sadie sounds like you're kind of lady, like definitely check it out. All the links are in the show notes and treat yourself to Sedona. Sedona in the middle of winter. I guess it's not winter. Is it still winter? I don't know. February in Michigan is still very much winter. So Sedona and February sounds so magical. So those details will be in the show notes as well. Make sure you jump on it if that sounds exciting to you. So as I mentioned, our guest is Sadie Bonenkamp, and you'll hear about all of the different plates she has spinning in the air. She does it all, but Sadie says it took her a while to realize the gift of a rather volatile childhood. But nearing age 50, all that feels like strength training for emotional wellness. If she can share a few tricks to help others do hard things gracefully, to step boldly into a new adventure, or feel confident in their own skin, she's here for that. She likes to chat about being unapologetically you, taking action to eliminate fear and mindset mantras, to move past whatever is keeping you stuck. She's fantastic. Let's get into it. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Sadie. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm excited. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Oh my gosh. I think that with most moms, the better question is what don't you do? Mm, Yes. I'm currently, I'm currently in the battle of, and I think many moms can relate, like being a mom, I have an older son now, but a W-2 job and trying to grow my own business and my own future. So that constant battle of, am I doing enough at anywhere I show up? Am I doing too much? Am I that? That's what I do. So I work at a university in Omaha, Nebraska, and I'm also um, growing this feel, do, be better community because I fully believe that when people feel better, they'll do better. And when we do better, ultimately we'll be better. And a lot of women, moms, especially need permission to do things that get them to that feel better state. It's like step one for that growth and, and permission, permission is huge right now. I think if I can offer that, that makes me happy. That brings me joy. So yeah, we also invest in real estate. That's like a side thing too. So back to what don't I do? 
I'm just like, that's not nothing. You're just like, oh, this side's thing. Like, I don't know how involved you are, but real estate is never like a small undertaking. Yeah, the the buzzword with uh with real estate is that it's passive. And for some people it might be passive, but it's not always passive. Like mm. I do stuff, right? So I collect the rent, I set up the systems behind the scenes, furnish the furnished rentals, communicate with our guests. So passive-ish. Mm, okay so w2 job working in the university you're yep. married you have a child mm-hmm. how, how old is your child he's 17 we're also hosting an exchange student this year who's 16 so you know why not why not do that too? i had an extra child and then yes. you've got real estate on this side is it short-term mm-hmm. rental is that- we have three long-term and four doors that are short-term and medium-term so you know yeah Depending on who you talk to, that's a lot or like nothing. It depends mm. on who your audience is, what that portfolio is like. So. Wow. Okay. First of all, goals. Like I, that is like one of the, like, I feel like my husband and I will feel like we have officially made it. Like once we start having real estate, like, you know, investment properties, total goals. Love that. Do you know your human design by chance? Yes. So I'm a manifester. Yeah, mm-hmm. obviously. Okay. Does that seem obvious? <laughs> I listened to a meditation that was strictly for manifestors. And the whole time I was like, yes, yes, yes. All the things. Oh my God. So I'm fairly new to that human design world. Like I just recently learned about it. And I think it's so, it's so uncanny how precise it is. Yeah, totally. Yes. Yeah. Are you I, also a manifester? No, I'm a, I'm a projector. So I'm waiting for an invitation. <laughs> okay. All right. So yeah. Well, that's great to know though, because I have so many questions about that. Cause my son, I had, I had him do it because I think there's value in knowing me, but there's even more value in knowing what's going on with the people I live with and communicate yes. with. He is, which is so in opposition to how I show up. So the things that I think he should do, it doesn't work for him. He's like, right. that's ridiculous. No one does that. I'm like, everyone does that. And he's like, no, I'm like, yeah. So I have to step back and be like, okay, let me imagine that this wasn't the most natural way for me to show up. What would it feel like if someone told me to do that? Like really scary, probably. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's tricky for me. And as a projector, hearing all the things that you're doing, I'm just like, I, I don't think energetically I could ever show up for all of those pieces. <laughs> like, there's no way on top of parenting and being a partner to somebody. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I guess that's, that's the beauty of it. When they, what was the show? Like it takes all the different, different strokes, right? All the different kinds of people. And it does. It does. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Not everyone is me. My husband says that all the time. He's like, if everyone was like you, the world would be exhausted. I'm like, or not because they maybe be like me, but I get it. Like I yeah. do make people feel exhausted. I show up and I just, they're like, you're a lot. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I am. I'm a lot. Oh, I like <laughs> it though. Time. There's a space for all of us, right? There is, there is. Yeah. And so, you know, I think learning, especially in a marriage that because I'm like this and I'm self-aware, I don't expect you also to be like me. I don't expect you to be like me. So then fair's fair. You can't expect me to be like you. We're mm-hmm. all here as us and that's perfect, right? It's exactly as it should be. Exactly. So it took us a minute to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of permission, I think human design, if any of the listeners haven't checked out their human design yet, should definitely do so. Because for me, it gave me a lot of permission to continue showing up in a way that made me feel comfortable, which when you're trying to create a business is really challenging. Like your energy type is probably having an easier experience building something than someone like me where I I do feel like I have to wait for the invitation. Like I don't usually speak up unless I'm invited in. So it's, it's all doable, but we all show up differently and, and that's okay. Yeah. It's totally okay. It's actually great um, that we all show up differently. And I think every human design, probably if we stay true to it, right. It brings with it the, the permission we need 
but then also those the challenges i think there are challenges that go with each you know so yeah i do show up with a lot of energy and a lot of ideas and action i'm very action 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 and um you can be met with resistance to that where people are like that's too much you can, that's too much you can't do that much you know um and so then you start to might second guess yourself a little bit so mm, but you can do that much but me as a projector I'm like oh I'm exhausted like yeah. go you <laughs> I'm tired yeah. thinking about the load <laughs> yes yes I get that I get it yeah I love to be in the energy though of people like you because I'm like cool I love it like I want to be in it and when I'm ready to tap into that same energy like it's available for me and it hypes me up but I, I need my rest <laughs> So then how does that look? So, you know, I think that all of the different designs, like they can all complement each other. Um, too many manifestors in a room might just compete perhaps. So as a manifestor, then I think I need some projectors and then I can be the inviter. Like I'll invite you. Hey, what do you think about this? I see you being really good at this and then inviting in right? Mm -hmm. That giving that, that valid invitation to a projector. Have you seen that happen in your world? Is that, is that kind of what you're talking about? When people recognize something in me, I'm like, thank you. You know, or sometimes I haven't even noticed it myself, but I mean, I had a, it was my 11th grade global studies teacher. And he, I was always a good student. Um, but he told me, he pulled me aside after class and I was like, "Uh Oh, I'm a good student. Why am I getting pulled aside? And he was like, you're a really good writer. Did you know you're a really good writer? And I was like, well, I thought it was okay. Like I can put a sentence together and like edit and proofread, but he's like, you're really good. Like you should really keep working on this. And I was like, huh, thank you. So I really appreciate when someone like validates something about me. And that's like an invitation in itself for me to continue on whatever that is. So yeah, definitely. It's helpful. It's helpful. So if you don't know people in your circle, but you recognize something in them, like tell them, tell them like, Hey, you're really badass at this. If you didn't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They might need that. Like me. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not gonna, it's not gonna wreck somebody. If you tell them something that they're good at, Right. (laughs) right. That's never going to be a bad choice. Yeah. So right. Oh, for anybody in any scenario, like let's, I'm all about like, let's just be kinder to each other. Like, let's just spread some more love. Totally. Mm -hmm. Such a like a tangent, but I think it's so good. Right. That's where some of the best lessons are is in the tangents. Yeah. yeah. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your own motherhood journey? No, that's fine. Um, it's actually interesting. I um it was hard. I'm surprised I'm a mother. Um, two reasons. First of all, I grew up in a I grew up in a really volatile home. Um alcoholic stepdad, divorce, custody suits. There's just a lot of drama to it. I watched my mom. She divorced my dad early on because she was like, just not ready to be a wife. And then she moved on and married this other guy. Anyway, I saw marriage being not awesome. Like it, my example of it was like, Hmm, looks like really a lot of work and not much reward. And, um, it ends badly. Right. Mm -hmm. So first of all, marriage was not like a thing that I was striving for. Um, but obviously I did get married and then, um, and I'm glad I did. I feel like I am married to the human that I'm supposed to be married to. And it has not been any of those things that I grew up with, but then we were married for seven years and no baby. Um, no, no trying to prevent them and no one saying anything definitive, like here's why, or here's what's wrong. And here's how we combated it. It was like, I don't know. So then you start to feel like, I guess I just don't deserve one. I guess I, you know, like all of the stories, because there's a lot of people in the world that are conceiving that don't want babies are making (laughs) kind of risky life choices. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, that seems unfair, you know, so you go through that, all of the, all of it. And I'm sure you've confronted this, having this particular platform, you don't talk about it. You don't talk about it. You don't talk about the fact that you can't conceive 
or um, the hardship of it or the emotions of it. You know, then your friends are all having babies and you're happy for them and you're sad for you, but you don't talk about it because it's not fun to talk about and you don't want to be the Debbie Downer. So it became kind of a, kind of a, uh, almost a rift in our marriage because I also didn't want to talk about it all the time with my husband. I didn't want to push too hard. I didn't want to be needy. Um, and he didn't seem as committed to it as me. So it became kind of a, a sore spot, but unfair for me to hold him to the fire about that because I didn't speak up. I was fine. Mm. I was really good at being fine. And, you know, mostly fine is not fine. It's usually the opposite when people say they're fine. And so um, I did finally conceive. I still believe that my son is a miracle because after the fact, I learned of the mass amount of endometriosis, like the the condition of my body, it's a miracle that he survived it um, and made it to conception and then birth. Uh, after learning everything later, after the fact, I'm like, he's always been fast. I think he just got through there so fast that, mm. that he made it. So I just have the one. And that's why I would have had more. It wasn't in the cards. I crafted an answer that made everybody feel good when they would ask, you know, like, why, why don't you have more kids? I have a sister-in-law who has six. Oh. There are, you know, just more and more and more kids. And so not wanting to be vulnerable and talk about that with people, you know, just coming up with an answer that makes the person opposite of you feel good. So like, Hey, well, when your first one's perfect, you don't have any more, right. Mm. Things like that all the time. Um, that aren't always, they're not the truth. They're not your truest answer, right? Nobody wants to talk about feeling like, well, maybe I didn't deserve more kids or, Maybe there's something wrong with my body. It can't do this thing that you assume it's going to do. Like right. you have one big job and you can't do it really. Yeah. Um, so that was a long journey. I mean, and kind of lonely because I chose to not share it. I chose mm. to hold it close. Mm-hmm. So, so the, like, I was super excited, obviously, to be a mom because it was such a thing that I thought maybe wouldn't happen. And then I was also exhausted when I had a baby. Um, So then that becomes the whole next journey, right? Like you wanted this, you don't deserve to be tired. You absolutely can never complain about it because you wanted this so bad. And I know that women go through that. You can't complain. You can never be tired. You need to do all the things. Your house should also be clean and you should excel at all the things, everything, all of it. Never lose your shit. There you go. Never do that. Um, and so I just think that that journey happens for women. And if you're not mm-hmm. in a space where you're allowing yourself to, to be honest and ask for help, it can, it can wear on you, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, then that led to some marriage problems. It's a little bit of rift, obviously, because there's not authenticity. It's not. And so you're kind of holding grudges and not communicating well. And all of it ended up being exactly what we needed because you get tired enough, exhausted enough, then you can't hold it together anymore and you can't be fine. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the real journey of motherhood and being a wife and being my truest self started. I tell people I have a huge high capacity for work and that just prolonged. I think what happens to everybody at some point where they're like, gosh, I'm tired and I, I need to really own who I actually am. It just took me longer. I think I have just high capacity. I'm just high capacity, like hold it together, hold it together, hold it together for a really long time. Like, I think I was probably 34 before I was thinking, hmm, there's something different. I bet there's a different way to do this. Mm -hmm. How old was your son at that point? It's probably two. Okay. About two. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Do you, and I'm asking because I feel like too, it took me a while to be like, I don't know. And, and a lot of women my age, I think are still 
I still haven't figured it out. And I think it's because they're so bogged down and they don't have time to figure it out. But did you have like people pleasing tendencies, overachiever tendencies, any of that that you think maybe played into that? Definitely. So, um, you know, you, I had in my head that once I graduated high school, moved on, and I was no longer in, like, I didn't, I wasn't beholden to any parents, any of that, that it would all go away. Mm. But you pick up a lot of those things and they go with you and you don't have to give them permission. They just come along. And so, you know, being raised in an alcoholic home, you feel like if you're perfect, everything will be okay. Um, it's not true. It's never true. It's never proven to be true. And yet you pick, I was the oldest. Um, so that's probably fairly typical. I am an achiever. Uh, I'm a doer. I'm a fixer, all those things. Peacekeeper. I tried so hard and I never realized that none of that had to do with me. Literally none of it was my fault. It wasn't my responsibility. I had to live in it. So all of those things came with me. They didn't stay, even though I moved away and moved on. Um, and so, yeah. And feelings were not safe, right? Mm -hmm. They were vulnerable. And so you're like, nope, I'm good. You can't touch me. You can't hurt me. I'm going to carry on. And, and when I'm at school, not one person will have any idea any of this is going on no one will know right so it was a protection and it was necessary then but when I got married to this person who was not mean was not an alcoholic was not doing those things I was still living with those rules right and so it doesn't work so there is a lot of self-protection I didn't need it anymore though but I mm -hmm. held on to it anyway so yeah, it was a lot of fake, but not because I was trying to impress people. I think because I didn't know I could let that go. I hadn't figured that out yet, right? Mm -hmm. A really good visual of that. I went on this trip with my mom once and part of it was doing this zip line. It was like this zip line through this, I mean, you know, through trees, that's how it goes. So you have to harness up, right? You put on the harness, and it's all there for your safety. And I am not joking you. I was probably halfway through the zip line before I remembered I can let go. Um, I don't have to hold my own weight. I can let go and just like, mm -hmm. but my nature was, you have to do it. You have to hang on. You need to, you know, I'm like, wow, that's very telling about what's what's going on in my head right did it land for you like that in that moment or was it later where you're like whoa what a metaphor for my life well you know in that moment it I don't think it had come full circle but I was like what the heck like you stood there the whole time they put all that stuff on you what did you yeah. think it was for right like what's going on in your head so it wasn't until a little later than it became really clear like, okay okay maybe you're hanging on when letting go is a better choice yeah yeah and letting people like your husband catch you be your harness yes yeah. mm -hmm. mm. for sure such a good metaphor it really is it really is and we have those those are available to us. I feel like in our life all the time, if we're just mm -hmm. watching it all, you're like, mm -hmm. Oh, huh, look at that. Look at that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I want to go back just for a moment to the piece where you said, you know, you had one, you knew you were done because of your, your body, yep. <laughs> your body decided that for you, but how you crafted an answer that made everyone else feel good. Yep. I know people know that they do that, but like for you to put it into words, there is yeah. some codependency though in there in trying to make sure everyone else's experience is okay, even though yours is not okay. But like, I don't want you to feel bad about it. Definitely codependency. And I think that it's funny. It's funny. You know, the statement when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yeah. 
I look back over my life and the lesson of codependency was, was available lots of times and I was not ready for it. I resisted it. It sounded like I, I strive to be very independent and codependency sounds like the opposite of that. And so I resisted it and I didn't understand what it really means. Like the fact that I can be okay even if the people around me aren't, right. there's permission to do that. That's okay. And I didn't get it until there was this one book um, and it was about codependency, but they didn't put it in the title. So I got sucked in and it was exactly <laughs> what needed to happen. And it said, when helping others is hurting you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that sounds vaguely familiar, right? And at that, and it explained it in a way that at that point in my life, I could hear it. Um, so I finally understood what that meant. And when I was in high school, our guidance counselor had a class. I don't even remember. It was called human relations. And there was this square. And I don't know if everyone's learned this, but it was four different squares. And one would say, I'm okay. You're okay. I'm okay. You're not Okay. I'm not okay, you're okay, and I'm not okay, you're not okay. And how we live in them and like you can be okay or not okay and it doesn't matter about everyone else. Mm -hmm. And it sounds so simple, but when you're trying to live it and you're so used to responding to the energy around you to keep yourself safe or right. whatever, it's really hard to set it down. Mm -hmm. it's very challenging to set it down. You think you are. And then you're like, nope, still holding it, still carrying yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a huge lesson there. And this was new. This was a new lesson for me this year too. Uh, I'm not going around being like, you're going to Bennett, you're good. But I see it everywhere now. I'm like, wow. And back to the permission piece. It's like, you yeah. can just let them not be okay. Like you're not doing anything to harm them. You speaking your truth is not doing anything. You're not trying to make them be uncomfortable, but it's okay if they are. Exactly. Yes. And sometimes it's actually your job to not help them be okay because it's their job to figure out how. And as a mom, that's huge because that's yeah. probably one of the hardest things you do as a mom is watch your kids not be okay because they have to figure it out because they have to mess through it. They have to just grapple a little bit. And that's probably the hardest thing about being a mom. Mm. Yeah. Now my oldest one is only six. So, but between the conversations I've had with other women and, you know, having people in my sphere with older children, I know it's coming and I can't imagine because I feel like any hurt that my daughter feels like I feel it. Yep. Yeah. Um, and even when they're little though, I think as moms, it's, it's hard to watch, you know, um, they'll make a choice and then they lose a toy or whatever. And when they look like their heart is broken over it, the last thing you want to do is maintain the consequence. I used to tell my son all the time, like, look, I hate consequences. They're terrible for me too. If you think this is fun for a mom, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, It's not fun. I right. do this for you because it's my job and I take it very serious. I don't like it. Yeah, it's yeah. not fun. It's not easy. It's hard on purpose it's hard. and mm -hmm. for a good reason, but yeah, we're very much in that stage. <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember that stage. My son would come in. Oh, he'd get in trouble. You know, he would play with something. He'd get very frustrated. Then this toy is just making him mad. I'm like, toys are fun when they're not fun anymore. Then we put them on the fridge everything had to live on our fridge because he couldn't get there and he's like you know you don't want that because you think no it's my toy it's mine I want it and you're like well look but see how you're acting it's not good I'm gonna help you take some space from this toy and I was not a yeller not a freaker outer but he would go away and be so sad and then he'd come back in the kitchen usually and he'd be like are you happy now mommy like what in the world I was mm -hmm. not unhappy but you can't explain that to a three-year-old or whatever. And I'm like, does he know the impact of that voice? Or is that just what's in his head? Right. Of that little yeah. voice asking you, are you happy now, mommy? 
Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I have moments too with my six-year-old where she, she's very intuitive, which a lot of, you know, I would say most kids are very intuitive. They just pick up on the littlest things, but she'll be like, are you mad? Like, are you? And I'm like, no, no, no. Like I'm, I'm frustrated about something else. It has nothing to do with you. You don't need to do anything. It'll be okay. We're going to move through it. Or even when she's just watching, like my husband and I, we talk about something that we're like passionate about, you know, good or bad, not fighting with each other, but we'll like raise our volume and like our energy around the topic gets bigger. And she's like, are you guys arguing? I'm like, no, no, no. We're not arguing. Everything is okay here. We're just really excited about this topic and have strong feelings about it. And I really try to articulate to her, like, this is what you're seeing. Everything's right. okay. And you don't have to do anything to fix it. Yeah. But also then, you know, being able to let them know you, sometimes people are angry. Um, and sometimes you're going to be angry. What what's okay to do? Like, what's a way that you can move through that mm. <laughs> without it being devastating to you or whoever's around you? Um, mm. That was a hard thing for me having grown up in a house where no, I didn't share my emotions. There was no space for them. I don't know. It sounds kind of harsh to say no one cared. I don't know that it's that no one cared. You know, people with addictions are selfish by nature. Like they, they can't help that. So they're not really noticing you. And then, you know, if you're overwhelmed by all of your life circumstances, there just wasn't space for it. And so that was a skill I didn't even have. And now I'm a mom and I'm like, I got to help this kid have emotions and know what they are and know how to deal with them. And so I guess maybe we learned, we might've learned it together. We learned it at like two and I learned it at like 34, whatever, yeah. it all works out. You right. just, just freaking learn it. Right. Right. <laughs> Someday. Can Eventually you- we'll get there. Yeah. Seriously. It's probably not yeah. that far from true. Yeah. So. Well, and you said your son's a miracle. Believe yep. it. I believe our kids are chosen for us and yes. I have learned a multitude of lessons from mine. I know that. So yeah, one way or another. Yeah. He is a miracle. I believe also that he saved my marriage because I knew I had these relationship issues. They were me. It was me not being in the relationship fully. Um, and I, I suspect I have no way of knowing. I suspect if we had not had him, I would have left. Wow. He was the teeth. Like, no, wow. I can't do it. I can't do that because I knew, I knew enough. Like, I know my husband is not a bad human. He's not a bad dad. He's not unsafe. There's no reason that I need to take distance and, and create distance for my son. Right. I knew all of that. And like, so that then became selfish. That was a selfish choice of mine. So I did the work, like buckle down and do the work. I don't know if I would have done it if he hadn't been part of our life. I mean, probably not. I probably wouldn't have probably been like, yeah, I'm out. Gotta go too hard. Can't do it. Yeah. So another reason he's a miracle, right? Like I needed this. I needed this little human in my life because I needed to do the work that was necessary and valuable. And sometimes that outer accountability is so much stronger than inner accountability, right? I will be accountable Mm -hmm. to you, but maybe not to myself. Right. And I think too, had you not learned the lesson there, it probably would have circled around somewhere. Else it would have, I mean, they don't yeah. go away. Those no. lessons, right? The ones that you need the most, they show up again. For right. Sure. right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story. And thank you for sharing the vulnerable pieces. And I so resonate with the idea of, you know, working through your stuff and owning your stuff. And, um, the first actual podcast episode that I put out <laughs> is about this philosophy that my husband and I have that we've named self spouse spawn. So mm-hmm. like, we have to be good first for ourselves. So like taking care of yourself and, you know, working on your stuff. And then we make sure that we're a good parental unit, you know, that we're, our relationship is good and solid so that we can be good parents. And then our children come third, but it's just because like, we have to take care of ourselves and each other to even be able to show up for them in the best way. And it's true. And, and, you know, it seems 
it makes so much sense when you get it, but life can be so messy and busy that you can kind of lose touch sometimes too. Yeah. And not make the connections and the decisions and those things that keep yourself yourself okay and your relationship with your spouse okay Mm -hmm. Um, yeah Mm -hmm. it's easy to put that stuff on the back burner you take for granted that it's just going to be fine and it's not you have to pay attention you've got to pay attention yeah and then give yourself the permission to take care of yourself which a lot of people think is selfish it's like right up there with like you wanted this what do you mean you're tired or like you have children go home (laughs) yeah what is that yes yes Mm -hmm. so true Mm -hmm. And I feel like social media too, totally amplifies it because even if you're, and I found myself thanks to the algorithm in this really safe little bubble of moms on Instagram who are just like, motherhood is hard, but it's okay. And we're going to share our story. So other people don't feel alone when they're in their heart. And, and inevitably every once in a while, some rando middle-aged man pops in, you signed up for this. <laughs> like, Why? Right. Exactly. <laughs> you're like, well, Thank you for bringing your voice here. You can choose to exit, please. <laughs> Next. Oh my yes. gosh. Yes, oh. exactly. That reminds me of a conversation I had with my brother one time. And it just shows sometimes we budge into conversations where we have no place. You just kind of don't. My sister and I were laughing. We were talking about, I think we're talking about menstrual cycles, probably. So I'm nine years older than my brother. I'm like four and a half years older than my sister. These are half siblings, right? That I grew up with. We're talking about this. And he is like arguing with us about it. <laughs> Both of us are looking at each other like, are we twilight zone right now? How would, first of all, first of all, you're a dude. Second of all, you're nine years younger than us. How do you even like have uh, anything to say? But he was also in his defense in that age where, you know, he's trying to know something and that's, that's the moment he decided to know stuff. <laughs> like, look, we're going to just give you all the grace because this is ridiculous. You should stop talking. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh yes. my gosh. Well, that's so kind of you to give him grace yeah. while you're being mansplained about a period. And he's telling us all the things about it. And we're like, Hmm, well, that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. Yeah. What you know, you probably read in a book or online somewhere, which we all read and doesn't hold true for so many of us. So when we have complications around our period, we think something's wrong with us. (laughs) It's yes. Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. So funny. So yes, there's sometimes when in a conversation, you should just be silent. And that's you're you're allowed. You're allowed to be silent. I honestly, some of the most impactful people that I've been around have been the quietest in the loudest rooms and are just sitting there taking it all in. And they might say one thing, but the one thing that they say is worthwhile instead of just filling the dead air. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Men and women both, like we both do this, you know, it's not all a man problem, but. Yes. Mm-hmm. For sure. So going back to the permission piece, because I love it and it is a recurring theme on the podcast, which I also love. Hopefully we all step into giving ourselves more permission, but what is some permission that you would give yourself if you went back? Mm. Yeah. I talk about this a lot. So after becoming a mom and then with still having a little bit of that achiever and like listening to all the outside voices and giving a lot of value to that. I second guessed myself a lot when honestly, I knew how to be the best parent for my kid, but I second guessed myself because there were a lot of messages in the world. There were messages from pediatricians. There were messages from other moms. There were just messages, right? Generations of moms. So the grandmas have a different opinion than my friends, than books and all of that. And the permission that I would give myself, and this is going to sound really blatant, but is to lie. So I'll give context to that. I raised a child that what do babies have three jobs? They need to eat and sleep and poop. And he pooped really great. And the other two, he was really not exceptional at. And it makes you feel like kind of like, what is happening? This kid doesn't eat well. He hates sleeping. So you feel oh. like I must be failing here. 
And I would give myself permission to lie and not to the people that really care that are really asking me how they can help or how's it going, but just those more surface conversations and people are like, Oh, how's he sleeping? Great. Really good. Because otherwise I found myself all the time in conversations where I'm defending myself because I, yeah, yep. I tried that. Yep. I tried that. Yep. Tried that. And then I would feel so defensive and like, well, did I try hard enough? You know, when I know how I'm parenting and I know I'm showing up as the best way I can and every kid's different. Right. And so I would totally give myself permission to lie and be like, we're good. Yep. He eats great. Breastfeeding's going smashingly. Like I would just lie. Yeah. They're never going to know. And they're not going to ask again. And yeah. 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 It's so interesting too, because it's like the moment you say something's not going great, you've opened the door for them to insert their two cents. And again, a lot of the time they should not be talking on the topic at all. Yeah. And they just, I mean, I try to stay mindful of that now, now that I have a 17 year old and I have friends who have babies or, you know, gosh, my siblings are much younger on my dad's side and they just have had babies and yeah. I don't give advice unless they ask. And then I usually ask more questions like yeah. because every baby is different, right? Mm-hmm. Every baby, my kid still doesn't sleep. Okay. That was not a parenting problem. He's wired like that and it's okay. Let me help right. him function in a world where you're supposed to be up and at him in the morning when apparently his body wants to sleep then and not at night. Okay. But yeah, I would just, I would just lie. Just lie. I love that. <laughs> I love it so much because again, we're like, don't, don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't steal. Don't that, that, that. But you're like, nah, nope. There are scenarios where it is perfectly okay. And nobody gets hurt. Yep. I would t- definitely lie more. Oh my gosh. I love that. <laughs> Especially to like the first time brand new moms were like you said, you think, you know, but all it takes is like one ounce of doubt and you're questioning everything. Exactly. Mm. I love that. That's fantastic advice. Maybe some of my favorite advice so far, and there's been really good advice, but it's just so simple. You're just like, just lie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just lie. I think too, even in everyday conversations, like, you know, the people when they're like, Hey, did you have a good weekend? And your weekend was terrible. You're just like, yes, thanks. Cause you don't need to get into it with them. They're not going to understand you know, but you also know your people where you're like, it wasn't fantastic. And they're going to go, tell me what's going on. How are you really, how can I help? You know, like though, those are your people. Okay. I want to talk more about what you're doing now on top of all of the other 14, 15, 16 things that you do. Yeah. Let's talk about feel, do be better. Right. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, that just, like I said, that just evolved from listening to, a lot of conversations and listening to how we show up and the the struggle that we all they're similar not everybody's struggles the same but it's similar and we everybody wants to feel better i think that's what we're actually striving for and sometimes looking for that one feeling and finding out that it's available to you right now actually it's not far away it's not on the other side of the next accomplishment um but you can still accomplish things by feeling better. So like kind of flipping that script. So that's kind of the thought process for me that that evolved into, yeah, it's time. I felt this nudge for a long time. I'm going to go ahead and take that leap. And then, you know how they say, if there's something out in the world that you wish you could find in the world and you haven't exactly found it, then maybe you need to create it. So I just decided to jump right into these better energy adventure is what I call it. And I call it an adventure, not a retreat because, um, I know retreat can be different things for different people. Um, retreats and conferences I've been to many and I feel like there's an expectation that when I go to a retreat and a conference, I have to learn things. I have to participate in a very like cognitive level. And I don't want that. Mm. I want to just go away and I want to have decisions taken from me so that I can literally arrive. Yes. And then it's awesome. And all I had to do was arrive. 
I don't have to decide what I'm eating even. I don't have to decide where I'm sleeping. I can look at the itinerary and go, oh my gosh, absolutely, I wanna do that. I definitely want to participate in a sound bath. Have I been to one before? No, but it sounds amazing. I wanna do that. I definitely wanna go for a guided hike. I definitely wanna do yoga outside. I definitely wanna sit around the fire pit with these other women who are willing to show up as themselves, not bring everything from home. No, 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 because we're trying to just go regenerate like new energy and better energy. So when we return to our lives that we're creating, that we're happy about, that we wanted, will be so much better when we get back there. So that's that's the better energy adventure. And that's why I call it an adventure and not a retreat. It has some retreat-ish elements, but I have zero expectation that you're going to have an enlightenment, that you're going to meditate perfect, that you're going to, you know what? What if you came and you decided, yeah, those things that you had planned, I don't want to. Okay. You don't have to. So it's an adventure. And that's that's why I made it because that's what I'm looking for. I just want to show up. I just want to show up and be in this experience. First one is in Sedona. We're going to Sedona. It ends up being on leap year, which is awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's February 29th through March 2nd. Um, So I didn't intend for it to be on leap year. That's just how it worked out. But we're going to stay at the Uzu Dome, which is amazing. It's this, it's a dome. And so once you're inside, it's like silent. It's luxury. The gal that owns it is the most adorable human. And she's so excited for this better energy adventure to come there because she's like, that's why I built it. That's why we made it what it is. This is exactly what we want to happen there. We want people to feel refreshed and recharged and rejuvenated. Um, It's like, can house like 24 people. I'm maxing out at like 15 at the most, probably 12 is best so that we have plenty of space and it's not so big. So we're doing sounds so fun. Mm-hmm. And Sedona is amazing. Yes. It's like magic. Yeah. I believe there's a vortex there. Correct me. There's if multiple. Wrong. Okay. There's multiple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I used to live in Asheville, North Carolina, and there was one there as well. Apparently I knew it like the place just feels magical. You know, you're like, something is different about this place. So yeah. Very and cool. it's the energy. Yeah. It's the energy. So why not? why not go there and absorb all of that? Because then you bring it back, you bring yeah. it back. It's in you. Right. And so how can it not follow you and then spread to your family and your friends and all those people that you see day to day? Yeah. I want to circle back for just a moment to reiterate. And I know we both know this, but like the accessing of feeling now, like mm-hmm. what is it that you want to feel? Start tapping into that now. Can you talk a little bit on that when sometimes those feel very far away when you're like in the mud up to your knees, that can feel really hard. You know, interesting that you bring that up. I think a thing that I take for granted a little bit, maybe on the other side of the self-awareness journey is mindset because it's so powerful. It's so powerful because our life is literally a string of choices. Mm -hmm. It's a string of choices. And maybe we feel like, oh my gosh, well, I made a bad choice and now I'm going to have all these terrible consequences. Mm, Maybe. Maybe not. And maybe your choices aren't good or bad. Maybe they're just choices every day. They're just choices. So if we talk about how we want to feel, I can feel happy. I can feel content. I can feel joy and alignment when I'm cooking dinner for my family. If in my head, I'm like, I'm choosing this. Mm -hmm. I am choosing this. Because do I actually have to do any of the things that are in my day? Do you? If you really think about it, if you dial it down, do you actually have to be doing 90% of the things that you do every day? Mm -hmm. Shift the script and you say, I get to, I choose to, I'm choosing to do this. What feeling do I want? I want to feel peace, peace over everything else, right? Peace, aligned, energetic. Well, I can pick that. I can pick that. I can go into a hard conversation identifying that 
I want to feel peace. How would I do that? Well, maybe not hang on so tight to my opinion. Mm. No, because that doesn't feel peaceful when you're hanging on so tight, maybe go in with curiosity instead. So if the feeling is peace, how does peace look? And let's be honest, you're going to go into certain things and you're going to be like, well, that didn't feel like peace. Okay. Choose again. Right. Right. Choose again and choose again. Or maybe you don't even know. I was just in a little group earlier and um, maybe you don't even know for sure what feeling you actually want. So try things, you know, maybe you don't like how you feel right now. Right. And you're going through your day and you're like, and you're feeling like things are drudgery. Like I have to clean my house and fold my laundry and I have to watch this and I have to pay these bills and I have to do all these things and no one helps me. And this is how you're going through your day. And if you try something different and see if it feels better, right? So maybe you do need to feed your kids because that seems like a good choice, but maybe Mm -hmm. you don't have to spend an hour in the kitchen afterwards cleaning up. Right. Maybe you leave that there and go do something with your kids, or maybe you leave that there and you leave your kids with your husband and you go for a walk, Mm -hmm. or maybe you just add in a different thing, like shift and then see, does that feel better? Is that the feeling I like or not? And maybe it's not. So then you try something different and just pay attention. How do I feel? Oh, I like this feeling. Good. How did I get to it? Maybe I'll do more of that. And maybe you can do the exact same thing and just pick the feeling, change your script, right? I think there's a lot of paths to get (laughs) to the feeling we want. Yeah, totally. And I can attest that this works. Mm -hmm. I used to work a job that I did not love. Yeah. And I all, I was so in it. Like I, and my husband and I worked at the same company and, uh, for a long time. So I would complain. I would grumble under my breath. I would get on, you know, the app, the messaging app and complain to my coworker friends. We would complain back and forth. And then I would complain to my husband who is in his own little office right over there. You know, and it was like 24 seven, like 24 seven. If we were mad about something or if I was mad about something, it carried through our entire life. It felt like, but I knew I couldn't keep doing this. So I started a sticky note and every time I realized something about my job that I liked, I wrote it on a sticky note until I had like five or seven things and I stuck them on my computer and I left it there as a reminder every single day. As soon as I started to dip, I'm like, well, I get to work remotely. That's pretty cool. I have coworkers. I really enjoy it. That's nice. Like this is interesting, you know, and it's like, it helped so much. It helped. So, and because of the weight that's carried in our whole lives, because we both work together, like it was a huge shift for our house and our family. Yeah. It's like, you know, what you focus on, you're going to get, it happens. It absolutely happens. What you focus on, then you see more of it and more of it and more of it. Yeah. Right. You know, do you remember those pictures? I don't even know if they still are out anymore where it looks like just a bunch of probably, I think it's I think it's triangles. I don't know, but they're all put together and it just looks like a big mishmash of color. The magic eye books. Yeah. And then you stare and then eventually you're like, whoa, totally different picture. Yeah. We have that capability. Yeah. Yeah. We can do that any day, every day. What's the statement? Choose a better feeling thought. Yeah. Choose a better feeling thought. I listen to Mel Robbins. I don't know this circle probably is familiar with Mel Robbins, but she was just talking the other day about changing the way you show up and speak about things. So maybe we could talk about things we can do instead of what we can't. I can't run five miles. Okay. Can you run one? What can you do? How can you show up? Right. Mm -hmm. Instead of, I can't, I can't. And then I also listened to another little tip that was talking about changing from apologizing that if we could stop apologizing about things like if you need to apologize to someone because you were in the wrong please do that but otherwise when we say like the example being late I'm so sorry I was late instead lead in with thankfulness thank you for waiting for me 
Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's not intuitive maybe, but it can be. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had to send an email. I got to send an email. I was asked. (laughs) I like how you caught yourself there. (laughs) I, about being a youth group leader. Do you want to help? Your name came up. I don't want to really. I'm being completely honest. I don't. Uh, And this person deserves a response from me, not just to be ghosted. And so I started the email, sorry for my delay. And I'm like, nope, delete. Thank you for giving me time to consider your request. And then I went on from there and it just changes the entire dynamic and the tone of the conversation instead of, I'm sorry. And, uh, you know, no, thank you for giving me time to consider. And then I can say the same thing after that. Yeah. I, I was a big apologizer too. So I started adopting this. I'm not perfect, but the energy shift behind it. So good. You shift from like a shame to like a, okay, thank you for waiting on me. I appreciate yeah. that. You know, let's yes. move forward. Yeah. yeah. I recently met in our group, Wendy Harrop. She recommended a book, which the title escapes me right now. But in this book, the author talks about your words are your wand. And you have to consider what you're saying and speaking into your life word by word. And it's a practice. It's a practice. But if you start making these small shifts, you're going to notice the way you talk about everything can begin to change and, and manifest in your experience. It's true. It's really true. I read, I don't know if it's the same book, but it talked about your brain doesn't know the difference. Yeah. If you're telling a truth or a lie, it doesn't know the difference. Yeah. So that's so interesting. I love this so much, but with all the things that you do, how do you reconnect yourself on top of, you know, motherhood? How do you, how do you reconnect to yourself? Right. So I'm really aware of things that shift my mood if it needs to be shifted. So again, with the energy chasing, chasing the energy that we want, I know when I'm not in that space, right? Yeah. I know that. And so to reconnect with myself means to get back to the energy and the alignment that I know I want. And so I pay attention to what are, what are those energy givers for me? They're different for everybody. And so that whole idea of self-care, I think can get kind of uh, morphed a little bit, right? So it doesn't have to be like a pedicure. It doesn't have to be those kinds of things, right? Whatever it is that gives you that energy back. And so for me outside, I have to go outside and move. And so I do those things. I make sure that I do them. I am happy to invite my family along to do them with me. And that's great if they want to. And if they don't, I go anyway. Mm -hmm. I go anyway. I think it's hugely valuable because not only does it get me back to centered again, it shows them by my example that that's valuable and important and worth your time. Uh, It doesn't make you a bad mom or a bad partner or anything. Uh, So I think it's, it's doubly beneficial uh, because I do maintain that and I can tell, and sometimes we all do it. We are really good about it for a while and then we'll fall. We'll we'll make other things a priority. I'm like, wow, I wonder why I'm so cranky. We know exactly why we're cranky. Yes. We're just choosing to think, oh, um, now I don't need to do those things anymore. Yes, you do. Right. So, right. Right. Oh, I can so attest to that for sure. (laughs) I'm at a little dip right now. I'm like, get back on it. Well, and your family knows, like Mm -hmm. I've done it for so long now that they know. (laughs) So like, instead of saying, geez, mom, you're crabby. Or my husband saying, huh, you're a little cranky. It's more like, does you want to go for a walk or a run? Do you want to, do you need some time to go for a run? And I can take that. I get it. Cause I'm yeah. like, yes, you're right. I do. Yes. Yeah. The door. Oh, I love when they, <laughs> my husband's like, do you need to meditate? Cause I've got this under control. I'm like, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, shoot, shoot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Can you please tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can follow you, or if this adventure sounds exciting to them, where they can learn some more about that? So the, I'm, I feel like I'm on Instagram and Facebook and 
like I'm three different people. Uh, but the best place right now to find me is feel, do, be better. It's the same on Facebook and Instagram and the website's the same. It's feeldobebetter.com. And so all the information about uh, the trip is on the website. There's more about the community, kind of what inspired it. I, I host some things locally. I don't know how many of your listeners are in Nebraska. I feel like I'm the lone Nebraska person sometimes, but I host some local like hikes. We do just a weekend hike sometimes. Uh, that's cool. Because sometimes it's scary to do things alone. So agreed. Yeah. Feel, do, be better. I really love that. I'm glad you said that too, because I definitely, there are times where I want to go take a walk somewhere else, but I'm like, I don't, I've only lived in this area a couple of years. I'm like, I don't really know if it's safe for me to go do that by myself. But if I had a couple other women with me, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So fun. Thank you, Sadie, so much for being here and for sharing all of this. It was fantastic. Yeah. Thank you, Shannon. I appreciate it. It was super fun. Great conversation. Absolutely. And we'll have all the information in the show notes. So be sure to give Sadie a follow. Thank you. for tuning into this episode of the having a mom moment podcast please be sure to follow and rate if you love what you're hearing and come follow me on socials at having a mom moment on instagram or on facebook i'd love to hear from you so shoot me a message if there's something you particularly loved or something you'd like to hear about on a future episode so you can message me on either platform or send me an email at havingamommoment at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. In case no one has told you today, you are amazing, you are loved, and I am so proud of the beautiful human that you are. Take care.